0: Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear, use as directed. What's up gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mishazday. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions and number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Guys, welcome to this episode of The Greatest Machine. I'm your host, Darius Pashazi and today I'm flying solo. It's part two of the things I wish I knew when I was you. This is like what I would tell my 20 year old self. And so, last time we talked about taking huge risks in your 20s, and and that you know this is the right space, the right time. Um, today, I want to talk a little bit more about you know identity, and so. Identity is an interesting one because it's something where as we start taking risks in our lives, as we start to, you know, start businesses or take jobs, um, we start to get wrapped up. You know, a lot of times people will say, oh, this is my friend Darius. He's an entrepreneur. This is my, you know, friend Will. He's a restaurateur. Um, You know, our identities start to get wrapped up around, you know what we do, like what is our careers. It's a way that people, you know, they want to qualify who you are and, you know, being myself, being someone who, um, really g- goes all in, right. You know, in, in anything, I'm an all or nothing type of person. I like to say, um, I found that my identity up until probably in the last few years, even down a little bit to a certain degree, um, we're all human, right? Our ego, you know, is how we survive. Um, has has really been victim to what I'm about to talk about, which is: you are not your business. You, know, you are not your job. You are not that. Um, it might be something you care a lot about, but that's not. You know, you're, you're many other things as well. If you look at me, like uh, on holistically, I'm a father. I'm a brother. I'm a friend. You know, I'm someone that cares about helping people. I'm a teacher to a lot of people. I'm a mentor to a lot of people. Um, I'm, you know, a person that likes to go to the gym. I'm, I'm a former athlete. I'm a, you know, I can go down the list. You know, I'm a, I'm a leader. I'm a person who loves thought leadership. I'm a person that's very opinionated. I'm a person with a dirty sense of humor. Um, and, and, but I'm not just an entrepreneur. That's a really narrow definition of who I am. And I want to give an example of when I learned this the hard way. And then I want to kind of talk through some strategies that I've used to really strip this away from me being attached to the identity of my business. So for entrepreneurs listening to this, and this is really who this is mostly directed at, you are not your business. And I know that's going to be hard for some people like, well, that's how everyone knows me. I get that. and, And that's something to consider. But you are not your business because there's a big lesson to be learned here in the event that your business doesn't survive. And there's a pretty high chance your business is not going to survive. The odds say that your business... Um, probably will either be sold or shut down or fail. You know, one of the three. And um, and so my first business, uh, Twin Capital, you know, was a super high-flying business. I started when I was 25 years old. And it went from myself to about 150 employees in just under three years, just about three years time. So if you can imagine, this is in 2008. You know, this is like not an age where someone in their mid-20s was building a high-flying business. That business in particular ended up becoming... Actually, if you look at, over my shoulder here, that Inc. 5000 plaque to my left, um, I think to the right, if you're looking from a video screen, is from one from that business. And that was a business I started at 25. It became the number 40th fastest growing company in the US. I remember I was like, I want to have an Inc. 5000 company and I want to crack the top 100. And I ended up cracking the top 50, 2,500% revenue growth. So you can imagine... 25 years old, there's not a time when 20 year olds, there's a lot of 20 year olds out there being entrepreneurs like it is today. It was very unusual. I was the only person I knew that was an entrepreneur. Um, I was in San Francisco, by the way, it wasn't like I was in some random town. I was in a place that now is like, well, maybe pre-COVID was like a tech hub or an entrepreneur's hub. And, but back then, like that was not, that was abnormal. And so here I was with this business that literally was hiring, you know, dozens of people every couple months, you know, and I was a CEO. I was younger than most of my employees, and I got a reputation as knowing as being this like high flying entrepreneur amongst my friends and amongst friends of friends. And in 2007, the business crashed uh, when the you know secondary markets crashed when the uh, subprime mortgage crisis happened. I was unfortunately a subprime mortgage lender um, at the time, and the business crashed. And what crashed is like like probably the kindest way of putting it. The business went from. V- a million dollars a month in revenue, which it would be like a million almost like a million and a half dollars a month of revenue now so that's a that's a pretty badass company you know it's almost a twenty million dollar company in today's dollars to a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month and it happened overnight so if you could imagine like like what that looked like it was a freaking massacre I mean it was like like there's but the fact that we didn't go out of business right away is like simply because we just ended up saving a lot of our money and burned through a ton of cash. Um, but I instantly, my identity was so wrapped up in that business because it's all I did. I spent 80 hours a week in that business for years. And it's how I was ident- I identified myself. My identity was my business. And so all of a sudden, I went from, first of all, most of my employees were my friends, which is so—that's another lesson learned. Uh, I mean, we, we were young in our twenties, we were making a lot of money. We went out, we partied together. It was like, it was like, it was an amazing time. Um, it was like the scene in the movie we were like, Oh, what something bad's going to happen. This is, you know, it like the, then something bad did happen and everyone fl- fled. Everyone ran for the hills. Uh, the people that were always inviting me to do stuff suddenly were having their own parties and not inviting me or my brother to do anything. And it was a really challenging time. Uh, personally, from an ego perspective, mentally, financially, uh, my mental health was really bad then. And I was so wrapped up in that role. And I was like, there's people that were when they wanted something from me as a CEO and as a high-flying entrepreneur, they were coming to my back. You know, I it, like I had the line of people out the door that wanted my time that and that went to crickets. And that lasted that way for years. And so I learned a really important fact, like fact, which was like, "Hey, man, you're not your business." Like I was still the same human as I always was, but I didn't have this thing to offer people. And so, for when I when I say like, "What's the one thing I wish I knew when I was 20 years old?" This is the thing that I taught at University of Texas, uh, UT Austin. uh, You know, a few weeks ago, was I said like, "You're not your business. You need to never be wrapped up in your business in this way." Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear, uses directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to Shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. So it's a the, well, the exercise that I want to kind of like put you through is start thinking about all the things that you are. When people ask you what you do, you know, I would flip the script on them and say something like, well, before we go there, why don't you tell me something you're passionate about? Why don't you tell me something that your friends love about you most? Which probably has almost nothing to do with your business. Your business is a reflection of those things potentially, but it's not going to define who you are as a human. And when you start to think about that, because at the end of the day, I, and I know this as fact, when you're laying on your deathbed or when you, uh, you're at your funeral, like, you know, you're dead and gone, but the people that are loved lo- that love you are there, they're not going to talk about how how, you know, how you were this... All they loved about you was that you were a great entrepreneur. That all they loved about you was how hard you worked in your business. They will not say that. They will say that that is a reflection of you, as a parts of you. But they're going to talk about how you showed up and how funny you were. Hopefully, in case you're funny. In my in my case, hopefully they say that. <laughs> in your case, you may not be funny. Um, there will probably be plenty of people that don't think I'm funny. But um yeah, they'll talk about how you made them feel. So it's just remember that that's like great that great Angelo quote. Like people don't remember what you say. They made you they. they were, they remember, people will not remember what you say. They'll remember how you made them feel. The same is true of why you're at, how people feel about you, right? It's how do you make them feel? This reflection is how they feel about you, which has, by the way, when you start thinking about like life in context of that, the business starts to mean a lot less because the people that you make them feel good because of your business are probably people that you don't really care that much about. These are going to be vendors, clients, stuff like that. And even then on a personal level, If that's all there is, that's very transactional and that's not going to connect with you. So, you know, I want to kind of make a point there that fast forward, when I built TMS, the next business, I've had a different viewpoint around this. And I heard this story that um, really helped kind of solidify this for me, which was there was a person, I can't remember, it was like the head of the Secretary of State. And he had been invited to this conference to speak. And when he was head of the Secretary of State or he had this really high position in government, but it was really, really high. Um, He's like limo picks him up. They take him into the green room. There's food and drink and everyone's like at his beck and call. And and it was like first class everything. And he gets brought in and huge standing ovations, this, that and the other. And he leaves. And then, you know, a year or two later, he comes back. He's invited back to speak. He's no longer has this high level position. And, um, yeah, no, Lumo picked him up. He had to find his own way to the event. Um, uh, there was no ingredient him there. Um, you know, he didn't have the room with the fancy gift baskets. He had, you know, just a little room with, I think a cup, they offered him coffee. He didn't have the, the beautiful mug that he had the first time around. They gave him a styrofoam cup the second time around and no one gave him the same attention. And, and, and I remember this, this person when they were telling the story and I heard the story, they said that the one thing I learned was that all those things that were given to that position was not, were given to that position they were not given to me. I was simply the person holding that position at the time. So when I came back, I didn't hold that position. I realized that those that respect and those offerings were not for me, but they were for the position I held. And when I no longer had that position, they weren't for me anymore. So I didn't take offense to it. Of course, my ego was a little bruised, but I understood that it was an honor to be in that position for me as well. That was the gift. I was given that gift of of the honor of having that position. So yeah, it was interesting because the next time around when I built TMS, I remember thinking as a CEO of the company, I said, you know, when people defer to me or people, you know, honor me, they're honoring the position I'm holding. They're respecting my role as a CEO and yes, I'm, they might respect me as well, but that attention I get that deferment, I get that getting in line to, for my attention, I get has zero to do with Darius more than likely, and has a hundred percent to do with the fact that I'm my position of power. And that's the position they're giving deference to. And so when I left that role in 2019, it's actually four years ago next week. When I left that role, and everything faded away, which was very quick. The, and, it, and, and again, this is, I was 41 years old at this point. This was not my first rodeo. This is the second time this has happened to me. Yeah, you know, like, look, I'm a human being. <clears throat> it hurt a little bit, but I understood it and I was expecting it. And, and it's like anything like, you know, I used to tell people, I said, look, just, tell, I'd rather you tell me when you're going to punch me in the face. At least, you know, for those of you that have been punched in the face, you'll know like, yeah, I'd rather know than not though. Because when you get cold clock from behind, like you wake up and you're on the ground. Um, yeah, it was just one of these things where I understood it. I expected it. So it, that all circles back to, the, to what I've been talking about before, which is you are not your business and I'm not my business. And, I, and, and that second time around at TMS, when I left, I realized I'm not my business. My business is a reflection of what I'm, how I'm choosing to spend my time. It has nothing to do with who I am as a human, except it's a reflection of something I'm interested in. And so as you used to go out there, again, if I was to you know, give a pep talk to 20-year-old Darius, it would be like, hey, bud, you're not your business. And what that does is that gives you agency, which is really important. It gives you a lot of agency to start to pay attention to things that, that you care about. Now, for me, I'll, I'm in a season right now where I'm starting a new business in private equity, Rise Growth Partners. I'm dedicating a ton of my life there, but I'm still doing some of the little stuff that I care about too. still mentoring people. I'm still practicing ukulele. I'm thinking about the next book I want to write. I had a a mentor of mine, Rand Stegen and I spoke the other night and he said, well, you know, you know, you're just starting this new business with rise, you know, Joe Duran, who's my partner. He's, you know, like, how's that going? We were talking about it. And, um, and he, said, so well, are you going to still keep doing the books and the podcast? I said, yeah. I said, I've you know, of course. And the reason for that is like, those are things I care about. I've invested a lot of time and effort into creating them. Um, I believe I can handle both. You know, obviously it's like I'm pulling back a little bit on on how how all in I am on some of the non-rise growth stuff, but I know I can still maintain them because I've already put those hundreds and hundreds of hours in building even the show to where it's at. So Again, it's this thing where my identity is not tied to anything. My identity is not tied to doing the show. I do it because I love it. Um, So I just want for folks to start thinking again, like, what will people remember you for? They're not going to remember you for like what you did or what your job was or what your business was. They're going to remember you for who you were and how you made them feel, the people that matter most. And let's just be clear on that. The people that you care, know you, and love you, that's what they'll remember you for. And and when you frame it in that context, it starts to, you know, give you a little bit of an opportunity to take a step back and realize that, Hey, like you're not your job that when you have that position of authority or that that's the position that gets the the authority, not you, you're just the person that's in the role. Cause when you leave someone else will take it. So again, I wish this is some, something someone had told me it was very painful. The first time it happened to me, um, less painful the second time. Hopefully it doesn't happen again, but probably will. And when it does, it'll be less painful then too. And it's because I realize that I'm I'm more than my job. I'm more than my business. I'm more than the roles I, I, I place. In, and I'm just, you know, I'm a vessel of creation for probably the higher powers, the way I look at it. And whatever role I'm in will be the role that I lean into the most to create the most value. And I'm not my role. So with that said, uh, this, again, this is part two of the series. We're going to do a 10-part series. I'm going to be spending the next 10 weeks really, you know, going over the things that I taught at the class around what things I wish I knew when I was 20 years old. And until next time, peace out. Love you guys. You are listening to The Greatness Machine and that's a wrap for today. Listen, if you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on